Roses are red, violets are blue. We all love good brisket. So come through the drive-thru. 517-BBQ. I hope you like my little poem. Come join us in the drive-thru or order on your favorite app. Located at 427 East Oakland Ave, Lansing, Michigan. 517-BBQ. You ready to eat? Welcome to Grand Kai Gaming. This is your first time here? I'm glad to have you. On this channel, you're going to find tournaments, reviews, gameplay, and so much more. If you find this content valuable, consider subscribing to the channel. Welcome to this ENT podcast featuring Mr. Joe Walker. Thank you all for tuning in. I am the Word Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Joe Walker, and welcome to this podcast brought to you by thisent.com. Proven Esports Group, 517 Barbecue, and Grand Kai Gaming. Be sure you subscribe to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Again, I thank you for tuning in. We're so excited to have you with us. And we have a very special guest today, Billboard number one charting artist, songwriter, producer, author, incredible singer tap dancer uh <laughs> technological wizard um i know that that uh player one mark cooper has the power glove but i think that this person actually invented it <laughs> <laughs> the digital girl herself none other than melissa b what's up melissa <laughs> what's going on <laughs> Computer love is in the building. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the intro. It's great. <laughs> no problem. Hey, first of all, um, congratulations on the Thank World you. Songwriter Award for Waterman. That's Thank you. So exciting. Yeah, you got. You're the first one that did the write up on that. It's you know, it's an honor. You know what? You have to share. You have to share in your friends' victories. And I was so happy for you and so happy for Aww. Michael for winning Thank that you. award. And Thank you. Tremendous. So Thank cool. Thank you. I told you that song was dope, man. I'm like, this song is incredible, yo. Thank <laughs> you. I just hope other people discover it, which, well, they have because, look, we're being considered for a Grammy for best R&B performance. We're being considered for a nomination. That's what's up. I hope y'all get it. Yeah, I hope so, too. You know, through the little engines that could. <laughs> if you if you get the nomination i think if see i don't even i don't even know what the criteria is anymore you know it should just be the best song but i know they take a lot of other things into consideration but yeah but listening to a lot of the other r&b that's out there and not knowing what else would be nominated of course but yeah. i just i feel confident that nothing else sounds like waterman well thank you it's more about people discovering it, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm flattered and I'm thankful that we're even getting a, being considered to be on the ballot, on the first ballot. It would be amazing if we got an actual nomination, because then they'll be like, who's that? How did she get that? <laughs> you know, I always like being the underdog. It's, it's, it's more, it's more exciting when you're the underdog because they don't expect you, mm. you know? But I have a plethora of inf of not information of music <laughs> of music for 
for people to discover. And when they do discover me, they're like, oh my gosh, where's this girl been all this time? I've been here the whole time. You've been here the whole time. You've been putting in work for a long, <laughs> yeah. long time. Long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. A long time. I hope you yeah. get it. I hope, I hope I hope so too. I think this is like the fourth no, this is the fifth time I've been considered. I'm gonna get it. Hey get it. Beyonce's been rejected how many times before getting her Grammys? Right. She had forty some uh Grammys that she got rejected. It's okay. I'm good. <laughs> right. Patience is a virtue, that's what they say, right? That's right. I'm gonna get one one day. I will. I know I am. So I'm not even it's not about that. More to me, it's more about the art, the work, because this is my work. This is my art, you know, mm -hmm. and it stands the test of time. And that's why I love making music that just can stand the test of time. That's why I'm so inspired by like, you know, like Sade and Whitney and all the greats, because when you listen to their like, you could play Sade right now and it's it's relevant. Yes. You know what I mean? It's so relevant. Cherish so the that's day. the thing I've learned. Yeah. So I try to, whenever I create things, I create projects where I want it to be where you're able to listen to and go, did this just come out? No, this came out five years ago, but it sounds good, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I was, I was riding around with some young cats. This has been a, probably a year or two ago, uh -huh. but I was playing Trife Life by mob deep uh -huh. they never heard it and when it was over they're like yo oh when did that drop who blah 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 who is that i gotta get right. that is it on spotify bloom bloom i'm like man this song is i was like 20 years old <laughs> oh my gosh and they're wow. like what whoa boo boo i'm like come on man i'm like good music good music doesn't age man no it doesn't when you know it's real good music it sticks in your mind. Like, look at that whole thing, the guy with the TikTok, right? Mm. He, um, the guy that was on the little board, He his car broke down and he didn't have nothing else to do. So he was riding around with ocean spray and drinking it and listening to um, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yes. Do you see that? Yes. I mean, that's all. And do you know how many streams they got? Do you know how much Fleetwood Mac made just off of that song being put in the kids heads right now again it's, it's incredible incredible you know oh my gosh and i love Fleetwood with mac anyway so it's i do too I so for any them. victory my for parents, them is oh yeah yeah my mom she she always and my dad they they both like made sure that what you know i don't know my parents just they they always loved music um my dad used to like uh have this track thing mm -hmm. and like would record himself like he was a DJ and stuff and he would make these mixtapes literally and he would sit there and I would just watch my dad and I would used to sit around just getting albums and reading who who how do you a five-year-old is reading the back of an album cover and trying to figure out who the producers are who does that you do yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that just told you I was, like, destined to do music since I was little. I was always interested in how is that made and why is that song so great? You know what I mean? What? Mm -hmm. How did they do it? What were they thinking? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, see, just, for, and for me, like, with, just with Fleetwood Mac and a lot of music from that era, here I grew up, you know, not in... In the, in the inner city, but we lived in a, 
it was a pretty decent neighborhood. It's not anymore. It's a de- it's a uh-huh. murder zone now. But the oh, neighborhood <laughs> the neighborhood back in the day was actually quite peaceful and nice. And uh-huh. um, my grandmother used to listen to this um, like light rock classic rock radio station. Really? Yeah. And so you know I heard a lot of that music and. It stuck with me and certain certain ones to this day I hear certain songs and I can just hear that music coming out of the radio and it makes me cry now. But uh, um Fleetwood Mac is one of my favorites and that's why. Like I love their music, man. It was always so soothing to me. It felt like yeah. like the the songs of theirs they played were the ones that, you know, were more chill and my grandmother loved that stuff, man. Wow. And I never would have thought I would have any involvement in music. Like, you know, who'd have thought? <laughs> Well, you are. Yeah. You're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm trying. <laughs> yep. That's how you have to be. I'm trying my best. All right. So, Melissa, uh, yes. now that you have the the World Songwriter Award, like, yeah. you already have an impression of your own music, but did you, did that change your impression of Waterman at all? No. It didn't. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, like certain um certain circumstances and accolades can make you appreciate something more or make you listen to it differently than you did before, even though you created it. And yeah. like oh, I've yeah, I've had some articles that I've written that people mm-hmm. respond to a certain way and it makes me go back and read them again, like, Oh, that really that's how you felt about it? Oh, uh-huh. okay. Well let me read it again. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I was just wondering after winning that award, you know, does you know, did anything about Waterman change to you? Does it sound different? Is there something in it that you heard that you may not have paid attention to as much the first time around? Well, I created it. I mean, I created it and Michael helped me tweak it, make it better. He helped me make it into what it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just a, it's a spiritual thing. Whenever I hear when I'm hearing my creation, right? And mind you, I used to be told that, you know, I'm a girl and I need to stay in my corner and so I didn't stupid. know how to produce, right? That's so stupid. Um, but I remember when people would say that to me, mm. when I'd be in a room with producers and it's all guys. And I was like, because mind you, I'm also in IT, you know, I'm in the IT world and I'm also the only female majority of the time. And... I'm like, wow, it's the same thing in both worlds, right? Mm. So I still have to fight. I still have to be 10 times ahead of everybody else, right? Yeah. My point is this, is like, I don't, when I'm creating something, it comes from God. So I don't, I don't judge it because I know it's going to be something that was meant to be out there for people to feel and hear and heal with. Yeah. I can't explain it. It's just no. That's a good explanation. <laughs> no, I feel it. And I understand. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but I'm very proud of it. I was actually shocked. I was like, "What? We did really? <laughs> oh wow! Okay." <laughs> you know, I was I was like, "Okay, this is cool." You know. <laughs> so, how's Michael feeling about it? Or is he just feeling like you know the superstar that he is? Uh, Michael's good. Michael's he's happy about it. 
he's happy. We we got our first plaque too of another song that we worked on with an artist we worked with. And then I told him, I said, you know, we need to get. We haven't even got our plaque that we when we did when we hit Billboard number one. I got to still get my plaque for that. <laughs> and we got and I'm supposed to get a plaque because I hit a million on Spotify. So I have to do Ooh. that too. So yeah, I so knew that was coming too. I have too. plaque sitting in the back end. <laughs> <laughs> You know, waiting in the back, just like, come on, Melissa, you need to, you know, put in your order so you can get your plaques and put them on my wall because I've been doing it. When you were putting the post out, the post out, you know, showing every increase in streams on the song, I'm like, I, I just, I'm just like, it's going to hit a million. It's, like, it's only a matter of time. The song's, God, too, the song's yeah. too good. All you need to do is hear it once and then you're going to want to keep playing it over and over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And people, people dance with it. People exercise with it. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> Didn't I say something like that in the review? I feel like I did. Or roller skating. I took because I told you about the roller skating. You know what, Melissa? Let me uh, tell you something about me and roller skating. Okay. What? You don't do roller skating. Um. You want to see somebody fall in the most spectacular way. <laughs> <laughs> I love roller skating. <laughs> we some roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for I'm all for the music. I'm all for the atmosphere, you know. Yeah. But uh, you want to see somebody fall in okay. like, you know, I'm talking worse than a, you know, a BMX bike rider trying to <laughs> grind on a rail and right. mess up and fall on their face. I'm talking right, colossal, devastating collapse <laughs> I, got, I got you i got you but i'm on beat though you're on beat okay <laughs> i'm on beat though but no man okay. um yeah that's definitely a roller skate jam for real yeah so what else you got in the pipeline what's coming next i'm working on new stuff i have a new song that's about to come out called closer i just had the lyric video done i'll send it to you actually so you can do uh exclusive he you always everybody who's ever listening to this podcast please know joe always gets the exclusive for me because <laughs> i love his reviews <laughs> <laughs> and i already know when i do you know when i when it when we do pop off which we already popping off but when you know more like other social media people or other blogs and people try to find us they will be mad at joe because he always gets the exclusive first and they're gonna be <laughs> wanting to be like can you get me that please he'll be like no 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 <laughs> only me <laughs> no so yeah closer is coming out and um it's really nice because this song i did with menace he did he produced panda for designer mm. so this is like a whole collaboration we completely all did this off of the internet we met each other on the internet me and michael and him and we worked together we have never all we have never met in person with him at all that's and he up. lives all the way in England. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. Hopefully when pandemic's over, we'll be able to go to England and go meet him. <laughs> that would be cool. You know, go work with him. But the song is, the song is just, you know, the vibe of Waterman is going to continue on with something, you know, cool and fresh and just like vibey. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need more of that right now. I think so, too. We need a lot more of that. Yeah. Something and a lot that's going to make people cheer. <laughs> 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 oh, 
soon. Can't drink. We're gonna have to drink through 2020 soon. Oh my Ooh, god! We got, holidays are coming, so you already know people gonna be drinking. They're gonna be cook. I'm gonna be cooking, obviously me, because I love cooking. But I know people gonna be drinking a lot and partying too much in their house, because they're gonna be like, let 2020 pass. Let this. Let this uh, election thing pass. Oh Let's my get gosh. It, you know, we need to celebrate. Let me tell you something. As soon as November 4th is done, I will be hibernating. <laughs> Nobody will see me until January of next year. Okay. And when I come out again, then you're going to see new stuff and everything because <laughs> I have been partying and enjoying life. Okay. And I pray to God that Biden wins. I really do. I'm sorry. I really do. And your hair will be five different colors. Exactly, exactly. Maybe we'll come out purple this time. <laughs> or magenta, I don't know. Hey, do whatever. Whatever you feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, this country is so in need of change right now in so yeah. many areas. But yeah, let's start there. Let's yeah. start let's start with that seat in the Oval Office, man. Let's uh let's get the sanitizing wipes and um it's so the disinfecting wipes and let's, so let's clean it up. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, I'm telling you, America can't take it no more. No. I mean, if you wanted somebody to truly rip off the Band-Aid, I'm not trying to get political or anything. I'm just, let me just say this. Hey, get political, Melissa. Come on. If you wanted somebody to truly rip off the Band-Aid of the real truth that's hidden behind what's really going on in America, Donald Trump did it. Mm. Yes. He truly did it. And and it's a, it's, it's, it's a hard truth. You know, because it's like that thing, like someone, you know, the it's like the Wizard of Oz, right? When he goes, nothing here to see, you know, I'm behind a curtain, you know? Yeah. But here comes Trump and he's ripping the curtain off and he goes, oh, yes, there is things to see. We, we're been, we've been racist. We've always been racist. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all just didn't want to embrace it. Yep. You know, but then we as, as a community of colored people, we knew this already. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and, and so he's given us a platform for us to say, well, that's not right. You know, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we all belong here. We do. Our ancestors were here. You brought our ancestors here and our ancestors came here and came to work for free. And, and you stole them and made them slaves and you made them work for free. You know what bothered what bothered me the most? And. And I can't. I'm, I can't even say it, it bothered me the most because there's been a lot of things that really, that really bothered me and really hurt my mind, my spirit. Just, just all the, the death and hatred and oh, it's just been the negativity has just been overwhelming. Uh-huh. But to people responding to other people protesting, you know, protesting police brutality protesting systemic racism protesting abuse and they look at it and say you know if somebody kneels or if somebody locks arms or if they stop in the street and pray or whatever they write on their shirt and they see it as a disrespect to the symbol of our country and that being the flag uh-huh and I've had several conversations with people who have responded to those protests and say things like, OK, I was watching the game and, you know, I'm cool with, you know, people standing up for their beliefs. I'm cool with people standing up against police brutality and this and that. But I, they won't tolerate someone disrespecting the American flag. 
and then they share their reasons. And a lot of the reasons have to do with their ancestors or what members of their family who fought for our country. And I simply respond, you know what? My grandfather, God rest his soul, shared a lot of his war stories with me as a child. And I learned a lot of storytelling from him. And I learned to appreciate those stories even more after I got older because I understood the gravity of it all. But this man survived Pearl Harbor. He lived yep. he lived to tell about it and he could not even vote in this country. There you go. So how can you how can you respect a country that doesn't respect our ancestors or respect us as a people of color? Yes. How can you once give if you give us the respect we'll give you the respect. Absolutely. Right? So like just like your grandfather, my grandfather even my great-grandfather, you know, they all served the war, you know, for America. But yet still, as black people, as our people, they didn't they didn't even get the, the respect that they deserved for all the service that they've done for this country to help people make sure that America is stayed free. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. it's, 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 it's crazy. It is. You know, like me growing up as a kid, I grew up as a military child, you know, my mom and my dad. So I was very blessed. I saw the world completely different than everybody else. And I thought the world was a certain way. But when I, when we finally moved to America, right, because I didn't live in America till later on, because I lived in Europe, I lived in Japan, I lived in, I lived in Hawaii, Hawaii is the United States, but let me tell you something. Hawaii does not feel like the United States. It feels like <laughs> another country. But, you know, living in these different places in a part of the world, there's a different outlook on life. People see, view things differently. And being blessed to be in that type of environment, you know, being an ambassador of the United States as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. I got, like I said, I got to see the world differently. And, and Europeans do not see black people the way black people see themselves in america Mm. you know they actually they adore us they 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 love our music they love they love our culture more than we love our own culture Mm -hmm. that's awesome yes and i just wish you know like you know some people go oh we need to all go back to africa no 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 our, our ancestors came were brought here, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, we should go home and go, you know, see. But the thing is, we we were brought here. We didn't ask to be brought here. Our ancestors, you know, our great grandfather, great grandfather, everybody had us, right? Mm-hmm. So so now we are here. Why am I gonna leave here when you brought me here? You brought my ancestors here. Where the hell am I gonna go? Right, Melissa. Well, this is something I'll never forget as long as I live, and it just. It's one of those things that just sticks with you. When I was in the eighth grade, uh-huh. after winning a game in gym, I believe we were playing dodgeball, and uh-huh. I won. This girl got mad and told me to go back to Africa. To Africa. Uh-huh. And I said, go back? I ain't never been. <laughs> I don't even, uh-huh. even want to go. What do I go to Africa for? Exactly. And she looked so perplexed because she thought she had really said something insulting to me, and I'm like, that was stupid. Why would you even say something like that to me? Yeah. Go back to Africa. I ain't from Africa. I ain't never been there. What I want to go there for? 
you know, it, it's, it, everybody can talk all they want about America and stuff like that. But the minute that, you know, we could go, we could dive deep into this because this is a conversation that will go on and on forever. Right. Yes. But the main thing is, is like, do you respect the Native Americans? Because this is their land. Mm -hmm. This is not our land. It's not belong to you. And all the Caucasian people, they need to stop talking because you didn't, you didn't come from here either. None of us. Your ancestors came from Europe. Right. <laughs> We're all you from know, somewhere else. You know, this is stolen land. You guys stole land from the Native Americans. This is their land. If they really want, if they really want to be fashionable, you know, the, the the Native Americans could actually call off treaties that are actually been around since for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And then America really will be flipping. I remember when I first found out more information about Columbus and what he had done. And uh -huh. oh, I it was um, it was in some type of National Geographic type book I was reading. It wasn't National Geographic, but it was something along those lines. It had to do with nature and world history. And there was stuff in there about the Mayans and just various other things. Uh -huh. And. Uh -huh. It went into, you know, some stories about, um, you know, the people who had been slaughtered and murdered by Columbus and his men. Uh -huh. And I would just remember being so shocked by it because growing up in school and learning about him, we celebrate him like he was a hero. So I couldn't wait to get back to Well, It wasn't that I couldn't wait to get back to school, but just curiosity to, you know, to ask my teacher yeah. to raise my hand and say, why do we sing these songs about Columbus when he he Kill killed people. innocent people? Mm -hmm. And I never got a straight answer to that until I was an adult. You know, I never it college level education where, you know, things are discussed a little differently. But in Hello, you know, grade school, like middle school, it's like, uh, we don't really talk about that. Uh well, that's not something that's found in our in our textbooks. So we don't really talk about that. That's the kind of response i got i'm like but it's still in history books so yeah their history they're not trying do you think they would tell you about black wall street i didn't find out about black wall street till college same here and i was shocked blown away still am to this day wow. you know and it's so crazy because and also like hidden figures the movie right mm -hmm. i cried at the end of the movie my mom was like what's wrong why are you crying i was like i was i was happy sad and mad at the same time you want to know why i was upset i was upset because i was like why would they keep this from us why would they not tell me stories like this when i was a kid i probably wanted probably wanted to be a, a, a scientist or astronaut or do math like that like that mm -hmm. you know yeah and my mom was like, you know, it, it's too much empowerment. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it, why would they want to tell positive stories about black people? Isn't that terrible? It's absolutely terrible. It's terrible. You know? Just like my mother's from Puerto Rico, you know, and it's like 
it's crazy. It's just, it's, it's just so mind-boggling where we are. You would think, I feel like I've walked in, 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 in um, a time machine, and I say to myself, I thought all this stuff was over. Why are we still in this? Like, really? We're still having to... I'm serious. I never... And I'm being honest with you, Joe. I never really thought about my skin color like that. I never thought about that I'm Afro-Latina. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Growing up as a kid. But I used to, as a child, used to be like, why isn't there girl more girls that look like me? The girls I used to see on TV as a little baby and stuff, you know, you'd see Prince with Vanity and, like, Apollonia, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you see, you know, all these other people. And then I was like, I need to find girls that look like me. <laughs> and I could hardly find them. Hardly find them. My point is, it's like, we're, we're at this point now where, you know, even with social media, people are so consumed with their image and oh, that's why yes. I try not to like put so much. I, you know me. I, I'm, I, I'm like a chameleon. I just I switch things up all the time. But I try not to. You know, I don't put that stuff as the the, the that's the thing in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I get compliments or whatever, and I'm and you know on social media, and I'm like okay. You know, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for that instant gratification of, you know, a thank you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's more of this is my work. And let me tell you something. I hate social media. I hate it to the core. (laughs) I hate that I have to. You don't understand. I hate that I have to post pictures and stuff about me. I really do. But I have to do it. Why? Because I'm in this business where it's about your look and your music and you have to be relevant and blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Me me and my brothers, man, me and Eric and Alex, man, and what and and what we do with thisent.com, you know, one of the things that we talk about um, that we discuss amongst ourselves is, you know, how society sees us as black men, how we see each other and how we treat each other. But the term we use is mirror. And we say uh-huh. that we're in, we're in the mirror era. Uh-huh. And with social media, everyone wants to see themselves. Uh-huh. So like with our content and the things that we create, how can we make it feel important for people to look at someone other than themselves? How can we show people that it's important to surround yourselves with people who are more important than just yourselves? What, how do we continue to tell these stories and make people want to read them and want to watch the videos about this and, and invest in helping and caring about someone else? Because it's so it's you know, it, we've become so saturated with it now. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is astonishing at the number of people, especially young people or younger people who are growing up self-absorbed. Yeah. It's alarming. Yeah. And that's why like people like you and so many others, the shining example column is a, it was created you know, partially for that because Uh people help me look at me, talk about me. Uh And I'm saying there's still people out there who are selfless Uh 
and they're willing to help anybody and they and they're not looking for anything in return, looking for any reward. And there's a lot of people out there who need help and they're just crying out for somebody to pay attention to them and give them and help them because they're in need. But there's just so many other people that are just looking at themselves and staring in the mirror. Yeah. And thanks for being in my column, Melissa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you told a good story. Anytime. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, it's true. It's it's who I am. It's not, it's not a lie. You know, I yeah. can't hide who I am, you know. No, and you shouldn't. Yeah. And you shouldn't hide it's, who you are. Yeah. I just, you know... It's so crazy because you know the one the one artist who was ridiculed and like he didn't, he knew what it was right and but he just he just ignored all of the hatred and stuff and he still gave positive music with Michael Jackson and to this day to this day <laughs> I keep that in my mind. Because that's one of my teachers. I feel like Michael has always been, you know, Michael Jackson always been my one of my teachers. Mm-hmm. I just, through everything that I've learned, what he was doing, you know, he left behind great a great legacy. And he knew what he was leaving behind for the ones that he knew had that light, right? Mm-hmm. That would follow in his footsteps. So we continue on what he was doing. And, like, things I think about, like, where's the song that needs for like a heal the world where's the songs that you know talk about like the the world is you know the world is hurting Mm -hmm. you know i have a song like that we just haven't put it out yet and you know it's crazy because when god talks to me and when i do my music Mm -hmm. it's crazy how it happens they're out there melissa they're out there but but this everybody's just fighting for those songs to be heard because they're you know they get drowned out in other areas. I think about artists like you, um, Marcus Anthony, Chris Walker, Kyle Brister. There's, there's, they're, they're out there. There's people are making those, making those songs, but yeah, you're right about Mike J. Mike was, I just, I've been like gradually introducing my, my son to more and more of Michael Jackson's music. And he's better. He's, you know, he's liked and been intrigued by Michael Jackson since he's seven now. And, Uh He's been intrigued by Mike since he was about four. So now that he's a little older, he understands him better. He's really impressed by the way he tells stories through video. You're like, this is yeah, really man. cool. And he, like right now, he wants to see Thriller more than anything. And I'm like, not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. You'll be scared. You can't see Thriller yet. <laughs> I was his age. I was, I was, oh, I was scared. That's what I, I told him. Watching the zombies. <laughs> That's I what I told him. Same thing. And you know what's so crazy? They used to be like, I used to be like, just tell me when the zombies are over. You know when that when it switches the faces? Yeah. And my brother and sister knew I didn't like it. So when they would come on, they would be like, it's done. And then I look and then I see the faces. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Man, me and my homeboy Jerome snuck and watched Thriller. Man, and we were so scared. <laughs> we were so, oh we were so scared. Did an amazing job. That's how you do it, man. That's what that's what it's about. We are storytellers. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing. You know, but you got to give quality, not quantity. It's yeah. gotta be quality work. Absolutely. You know, and that's what the thing about now, it's like nowadays, and that's why people ask me all the time, they're like, What's your next song? What's your next song? I'm like, listen, 
this is not popping pills here. This is, this is, <laughs> we're, we're talking work. We're talking my time, my money. I'm investing into this. You know, I'm trying to give you songs that will last the test of time. I'm not just trying to just do a song, do a song. No, I think about what I do. Mm -hmm. I think about, you know, like, even my song, The Light. Sometimes, Joe, I have songs that happen to me. Like, I wrote a song, The Light. You can listen to The Light again. And that song came to me in 15 minutes. I wrote that song in 15 minutes. Do you know I ran to Michael's house, to Ashby's house, and I begged him to just let me record in the studio because the song was so embedded in me, mm. and I had to get it out. Like, it was, it's like the spirit's talking through me. Mm. And I have to get it on, record it. Like, I have to get it out. And I did that, and I recorded it, and it's like, boom. Mm. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, like, a lot of the, some of the editorials and stuff that I've been writing recently, and even yeah. some of the some of the articles, some of the questions I ask in some of my interviews and stuff, you know, people would be surprised to learn that some of those questions that I come up with for people, especially artists who have been around for a while. I'm like, man, I've been thinking about asking that question for like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought of that question while watching an interview with Donnie Simpson on video. So yeah, uh -huh. not thinking that I would ever in my life meet this person, but just wow. watching their interview. I'm like, I would ask him this mm. or watching rap city and seeing, you know, Busta Rhymes and various people like that and yeah. listen to big Les interview them. If they were on your MTV rap, sitting down with fab five, Freddie, who I love, by the way, fab five, Freddie is one of my heroes. I have never met this man. I've never talked to him. And this really? dude is one of the biggest inspirations on my career ever. His interview that wow. he did at this restaurant with Foxy Brown, changed my life i love fat five freddy but anyway watching those interviews i would come up with questions myself and be like i would ask them this i wonder how they will respond you know what they think about blah 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 and then fast forward years and years later you know i'm like wow i'm getting ready to talk to al Jarreau. i'm gonna ask him this. <laughs> i'm gonna ask him this oh, i'm about to talk to shaka khan i can ask her this I've been thinking yeah, about this she, for years. Oh my god, I love Shaka Khan. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, love her. She's awesome. Yeah. She's a great conversation too. Yeah. Very direct. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Hope to sing with her one day in my life. You will. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do something with her. You will. You will. Yeah. She's cool people too. You will. Yeah. Your day's coming. Your day is coming where you will have your throne and sit on it and, you know, and I'll be standing outside just waiting to get in like. <laughs> oh, Joe, please. You'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had a conversation with Melissa one day on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No. no, but man, I like. The Grammy consideration is is, oh, wait, is fantastic. Your phone is breaking up. I'm breaking up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I, yeah I, I hear you now. Yes. Cool. Okay. The Grammy consideration. Uh -huh. Like I really, I really want to see you get that nomination. I really I'm do. I'm praying. 
I do. If you know any Grammy members that want to vote for Waterman, you better hit them up. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do um are you going to do an extensive for your consideration campaign? Um I don't think so. Should I? I'm pretty sure you could probably do a really cool one. <laughs> okay. I think it would be cool, especially with the stuff you do with video. I think yeah. you could do. I, you could probably do a really cool campaign. Why not? I I'll think about it. Let's get the nomination first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope you I hope you get it. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions, and then yeah. Uh, and then we're gonna tell everybody else goodbye, and then we're gonna go get off into something else. So, yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel? Um, where do you feel is your greatest strengths right now? Is it in how well you, you understand and can use technology? Is it in singing or is it in songwriting? All the above. Well, that Those was easy. Those are my strengths. It was all the above. <laughs> do you think you've written your strongest song yet? Mm, no. What of your songs shows the extent of your strength now? In terms of what? Your writing or singing? Like you gotta the, tell me which one. <laughs> the right the writing and it its resonance. Which song? Mm-hmm. Maria. Really? Yeah. Why's that? Please tell us. Oh, Maria came from a place of love and light and it was about violence you know um domestic violence for women and my grandmother had went through that in life and there are women who don't have their stories told so when i sung that song and we wrote it i felt it it deep in my soul and whenever i perform it people feel let me tell you something when i perform that song live mm. i have people coming up to me crying their eyes out mm. powerful so that i know i call that my whitney song <laughs> because <laughs> i know i've touched a chord in people in their soul that's what's up when i hit you when i hit your soul through my music and through my voice i know i've done something right that's all i need to know and see that's when 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 bow-legged lou told me to listen to your music and that's been so long ago now wow crazy <laughs> god really man time just goes by so fast but gosh i'm i'm, I'm like thinking about it. i'm like Dang, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it seems like it was just yesterday, and it was not. Um, that's like that's where the recommendation came from. We were talking about writing, and to have somebody that's one of the greatest songwriters ever compliment me on something that I wrote, and then recommend another strong writer to me—that means a lot. So. You know, I always gush over your singing, especially when I do my reviews and stuff and how, and how much range you have. But Melissa, it was it was your wordplay that made me a fan from the beginning. I mean, that's oh. where I went in listening to. I, I went in to listen to how you wrote, because that's what he talked about, how, you know, you're writing. I'm like, oh, OK, wow. From him. Oh, my God. That's a compliment. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's hard to impress him. Let me tell you, dude. I another another of my heroes, you know, uh -huh. 
Lewis. He's friends with my aunt for many years. So talented. Incredible yeah. writer, man. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But yeah, I was listening to how your you know your word use, how you put the words together, where the lyrics, you know, you know, how the lyrics came together, how they flowed. Uh-huh. Everything. And I'm like, man. Thank you. It's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you something. It never. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never. I didn't write like that until. I honestly had to go through some things before I could really like write right, mm. and it happens. And and they always say like there was like a floodgate opened, mm-hmm. and I had to go through some traumatic things in life in order for me to actually write like. It's something, I don't know what it is. I'm not telling people, oh, you got to go through something traumatic to be a great writer. That's not true. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying for me, in my experience, I had to go through something so traumatic that it made, it stood a switch on me, like a switch in my brain where I, it's like I, when I write, I want to make sure when I'm singing and performing that people are feeling what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just the words, it's the emotion it's the sound it's a vibration it's it's all of these things that will engulf you uh, wrap their arms around you while you're listening Mm. yep i totally understand that you want to hear something funny i just i just recorded an episode for my nightwalk podcast and i was and i'm talking about how right now i'm working on my books and i'm trying to get these books done and I've been working on certain stories for so many years. But I'm uh-huh. like, a lot of this stuff comes from a very genuine place. And uh-huh. I took my time on some of this stuff and just kind of left it alone for years because I felt like while creatively I can create these emotions and I can create yeah. these situations and scenarios, it means a lot more if I've actually experienced it. And a yeah. lot of things that I was starting to write about just based on other people's experiences and stuff that I've seen on television and movies and on the uh-huh. news. I'm uh-huh. like, I can I can create this stuff because I can be creative. I can be imaginative. But right. now I've actually experienced those things. So uh-huh. it, it comes out even more in the way I write it because it's coming from a genuine place. Right. Right. So, yeah, huh. I feel that. I really feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Okay, Thank so you. so Melissa, last thing yes, I'm gonna sir. ask you before before we tell everybody else good night. Peace, thank you for listening. <laughs> um Okay, I'm gonna ask you two more things. Yes. Um and this is a selfish question. Out of the things that I've written that you read, what do you like the most? Can you repeat the question? Out of the things, <laughs> out of the things that I've written that you've read, which which have you liked the most? I like your review on computer love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. What was it? was it? The wordiness? I was trying. I was trying to. Yes, yes. You brought my album to life based off of your of of what you how you listen to it and. Your wording, the wordplay that you use, and how to explain to people what I was giving in my project, giving to people to hear. 
Do you know I lost sleep over that album? Can't even lie to you. You know I lost sleep over that album. What do you trying mean? To, <laughs> trying to come up with how I would write the review. I was oh. like laying there thinking about it like there's so much technical wizardry in what you did with that album. Oh, thank I'm like, so I have much. to, I have to, I had to just lay there. I would just be like, I need to go to sleep. But I'm like staring off in the air like, okay, how am I going to describe this? Okay, how do I make people understand the transitions in the songs and the technical aspect of it? Uh-huh. And, and not just the, the, not just musically technical, but the references that are technical like to make people understand i'm just like (laughs) but that's a good thing though that's a good thing i like creative challenges like that challenge me to write differently i I like that and and computer love did that man i appreciate you uh you know that was a two-year project two-year project you pulled it off yo thank you you did your thing well booker t say it was good <laughs> you know what? Can I give you? Can I tell you a secret? Yeah, what? For the people who are gonna listen to this, to, so I can give them a little bit of help. Let For me sure. tell you what I studied. Okay. While I was doing this whole the whole album, I studied Michael Jackson's "Off the Wall" album. Word. So. I listened to that album front to back for two years straight, like every other day. Mm. I studied what Quincy Jones, how he put each song together and how it intertwined with each other. Mm. So if you go back and listen to the whole album, right? And mm-hmm. you listen to each song, like they go, it goes through one song to it takes you to a different emotion, but each song leads you down the path of where the story is going. Mm. So mm. therefore I was, I, and I was also, you know, studying what Quincy was saying and, you know, researching and then following what Michael was saying about, and I literally, I researched everything about off the wall mm. and I wanted to understand how did this album come about? Like, why did they do it this way? Why did, you know, what, what, you know, there's a, there's a certain um, vibration that's being given off. Like, why did he do that? You know, those type of things. So that's what got me in my my mind frame, like my song mind frame. <laughs> it got me in my mind frame in order to think about how do I capture what I'm trying to convey for people to feel this vibe. And I wanted to hook you in so that you wouldn't leave leave the story. I wanted to be where you're comp- you have the whole album on repeat. Mm. That was my whole thing. That's how. I, that's what I learned. Ain't nothing wrong with studying Q. <laughs> if you if you want to, Michael said, if you want to become great, you have to study the greats to become greater. True. And that is the absolute truth. Thanks for checking out the This ENT podcast. You can find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Make sure you visit. This ENT.com regularly for all things entertainment.